Hey there, welcome to Not Your Ordinary Girl, a podcast for professionals looking to find their voice, define their brand, and maximize their impact. Episodes are a collection of lessons from real life, interviews with people doing incredible things, tips and tools to get you on your way to realizing your infinite career possibilities. Hello. All right. So today we're going to talk about being a manager. Who are my new managers out there? Anybody just get promoted? Finally got moved up. You got your own team. Maybe it's some folks that you've been working with for a while and you managed to to move ahead, or maybe they put you in charge of a brand new group that you don't know, a bunch of new people, and you're just learning about them. Either way, you're trying to find your way as a new manager. And some of the things we're going to talk about today are a few areas and tips and tricks that I would offer you as a new manager on how to really maximize your impact and establish trust and garner respect from your new team, whether they're new to you or just new in your role as a manager. So there's about six different areas I'm going to talk about today, and then we'll wrap them all up in the end. But let's go ahead and dig in. To start, I want to talk about listening to your employees, right? So you've just gotten promoted. Your boss has let everybody know either by an email or had a meeting, maybe very fancy, maybe very formalized, or it may just be you come in Monday and, hey, now I'm your boss, right? Different companies, different organizations, they handle these kinds of things differently, especially depending on what level uh, you are in the company. You have to remember that the people that are now reporting to you, ideally, have been doing this job for a while. There is the chance that you may have gotten some new folks along with it, and then you know, you and them are kind of in the, the same boat of navigating these new team dynamics and the, the challenges that they'll present. But by listening to the people that now report to you, you can learn a lot about, A, the type of manager they expect, they want. You also learn about the work that the team has been doing, the reputation of the team, and a little bit of the team dynamic, how they're coordinating already before you've taken on the role as their leader. You also will learn about what skill sets. If this is a team that you haven't typically worked with before, um, you kind of need to know what everybody does, how well they do it, how reliable they are, and how to leverage them on your team. So really listening to what their input is, is crucial to your success as their new team lead or manager. And, you know, maybe you do this by having a, a meeting. I would suggest at a minimum, if you're taking over a team, you want to sit them all down, talk to them uh, as a group, talk to them individually, and then bring them all together and let them know what your philosophy is as a manager and your expectations of the team if this is a group that you have been working with and now you've been moved above this group that you were peers with and now you're supervising, that's a tricky dynamic, right? Because you guys were going out for beers and you were friends and now you're their boss. Totally workable 
and awesome for you to have demonstrated that you were the leader in the pack and deserving of that role, but be respectful because you were chosen to lead that group and you were chosen to lead that group for a reason. Something you did set you apart from that group. Maybe it was your skill set. Maybe it was your education. Maybe it was your personality and how you demonstrated that you were capable of leading this group. But remember that you also have people that were not chosen to take this role. So there might be some hurt feelings. There might be some competitive sore losership in there a little bit. There could be a lot of different emotions going on, not to mention the fact that the status quo of that team has now been jiggled a bit because one of their performers has now been brought up to the top as a supervisor, and perhaps that leaves a void. Perhaps you're going to keep doing what you're doing as well as managing them, and you're going to have to find that happy medium of leading and participating because you are their supervisor now and there has to be a line. So in considering what your philosophy is going to be, if you are being put in charge of a new group, I'm not sure which is easier, being in charge of a brand new team or being in charge of the team you used to be on. Frankly, there are pros and cons to both of them. Obviously, the unknown factor of being in charge of a new group, they don't know you, you don't know them. There may be just as much hesitation to trust and be excited about the new supervisor that you are for them as there is if you're leading your team that you used to be on, just for different reasons. This leads to my next point, which is know what you don't know. The last thing you want to do, no matter which type of team you're leading, the one you're on or the brand new team, if you go in there and act like you know everything now because you've suddenly gotten a pay bump and a title, that's just not going to work. That's not the way to establish yourself as the, the lead. And understanding the benefits that all of your team members bring to the table is crucial because you don't know everything. You may know a lot of little things. You may know a lot of one or two areas, but there's other areas that you don't. None of us know everything. And it's important for us to recognize those things that we don't and ask questions from the people that do and make those people feel included and important and vital to the mission. And that will help build trust and respect among your team. It's one of the easiest ways, in my opinion, when you've become a manager of a, of a new group, again, one you haven't worked with before or one you have, it's the easiest way to get respect because you are saying to them, hey, I know I don't know everything and I need you. I may be the supervisor now, but I'm a supervisor of a team and I need all of the members of the team to work together and to help me develop the team into the successful group that I know it can be. So one of the teams I led was in a very technical area. I'm not a technician, folks. I, anything I learned of a technical nature, science-y, chemistry, um, engineering, 
any of those things I learned on the job. I learned walking in the trenches with the people that were actually doing it and by asking questions and learning little bits. I still don't know very much about any of that kind of technical stuff because that's not my focus. My focus was always in the leadership roles, in in foreign affairs, in developing relationships, in program and project management. Those were my areas. I'm not an engineer. And one of the things I always did when I was put in front of a new team was to establish, hey, I don't know a lot about construction or um, engineering or physics, chemistry, these things. I don't know a lot about this stuff. I really am going to rely on you guys to dig in the weeds and help me in that area because that's where you shine and I don't. My role here is to try and manage the schedule, manage the scope, manage the budget, and try to pull all of the pieces together so that in the end, we can have a really successful project or program. And when you are in the trenches every day with these folks, you have to really mean that. When I was working on a day-to-day basis I tried to make sure that if something super technical came up, then I turned to my technician of whichever flavor and said, this is your area. I don't know what I'm talking about here. Can you explain it to me? Um, I talked about jumping in and covering a presentation on the last episode, and that was a perfect example. I had no idea about the details of the science of what it was I was presenting. But the reason I was able to successfully communicate the core message of the presentation was because I had been working with the scientist for a while and I had been asking questions and they were explaining it to me in in simplified terms. And that was so helpful. And I think they also respected the fact that I'm interested in what you're doing. I want to learn more about it. I want to understand the importance of it, and I want to be passionate about your work as you are. I'm just not able to do it at the super granular level that you are because you have been doing this for a long time and have been educated to do so. I can only do it at a 10,000 level view, but I'm still excited about what it is you're doing. My brain just doesn't have all of the background to take it to that next level, and I don't need it to. Because I'm not doing your job. You're doing your job. And I'm believing in you and relying upon you and trusting you that you know what your job is and you're going to do it well. And I'm going to hold you accountable for that because you feed into the larger group. So that's knowing what you know and really remembering that. It's easy when you're a new manager to be excited and think you know everything. It's natural. I know for a fact I was guilty of it at times, and I suspect I was probably guilty of it of a lot more times than I realize because I don't think we do it all the time intentionally. It's just our excitement and wish to demonstrate that we're capable of this management role we've been given, and we want to make sure that the people who are reporting to us understand 
that we know what we're doing. So that's a tricky, that's a tricky one to make sure that you really stay conscious of in your day to day, because it is easy to fall down on. Next is being respectful. And this all ties in. Like I said, these are, these are all very interrelated and being respectful of your staff and being respectful of your peers now. You've been elevated to a different level and you have a different group of peers. And those are also people that you can learn from and watch. You might have been watching them as you were Joe Worker B. And now that you're Sally Manager, you need to be looking at them in the same way but you'll have more access to them because you'll be going to manager activities, different meetings, different things that when you were just a regular employee, you weren't invited to. And now that you're a manager, you will be able to participate in. And you should still continue to pay attention to those other managers and watch how they interact with their peers. Watch how they interact with their leadership. Pay attention to the ones that are setting a good example for you and model yourself around that. Obviously, with your own flair and your own um, experiences and backgrounds and, and how, you, how you communicate with people is what you want to leverage. You don't want to act like them completely and copy them because no one likes a, a brown noser. But um, you want to watch how they interact at that management level. Watch how they interact with their supervisors or your supervisors collectively. Watch how they interact with their staff and how they're interacting with you and other people at the same level. You can really leverage people's good behavior and bad behavior for your own benefit. Perhaps they're really obnoxious to their staff and you didn't happen to see that before when, when you weren't a manager, that's not good behavior. That's not how to be a good manager. It's not how to good, be a good leader. And those are lessons that you can learn not to do. Perhaps they go to meetings and they really, they don't say too much. They come in and they're to themselves and they don't participate and they don't contribute. And you envision yourself to be a little bit more of a standout. Take that to heart incorporate that into your management style. So pick and choose the good and the bad and the things that will work for you and kind of build those into your management pie, if you will, so that when you are continuing to lead and grow, you can leverage the good things. Talk to them about the different trainings that they've taken. Talk to them about challenges that they've had. Um, if you can align yourself with another, another peer or two or three and have coffee with them once in a while, chat with them and see what some of the, the, the history is at that level, you know, I'm going to a conference in two months. Have you ever been to this conference as a manager? What are the lessons learned? What do I need to be aware of? What am I in for? What are the opportunities there? Any advice, any guidance? At any level, you're going to run into people that do not want to play with you. And I say that 
like a kid in the sandbox, right? There are just people out there. It doesn't matter what level you're at in an organization, brand new to most senior. There are just people that don't play well with others. And they're just not going to help you out. And you will identify them just as you did it at, you know, worker B status. Align yourself with the people that do play well with others. So pay attention to those people. You can still learn from them. They're just not going to help you out. You're just responsible for paying attention to what they do and don't do. And make a mental note and learn from that. Setting boundaries is key. It's key no matter what level you're at as a lot of these things are, but it's really important as a new manager. You are now the boss and you need to make sure that you are behaving that way. And I'm not saying you can't still go out for beers with your colleagues, but it's different. You are now in charge and you have to comport yourself in a manner that is becoming of that responsibility, becoming of that title. Being a manager is so much like being a parent. And it is frustrating in a lot of the same ways. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to follow your lead and they're not always going to listen. And you can't be their friend. You can be their colleague. You can be their acquaintance. If you are good friends with someone beforehand, obviously you can stay friends with them. There really has to be a line of when you are in friend mode and when you are in professional mode. And if that person's a really good friend, they'll understand and they will support you and be excited for you as you move up the ladder. And they will recognize that okay, we're at work and this needs to be professional here. And if we want to knock back into all shucks mode, that happens after five o'clock or after six o'clock or whenever you're off the clock. It's important for you to demonstrate leadership behavior. And leadership behavior is something you can do at any level. You'll hear this on probably almost every one of my episodes because I am in leadership coaching and the difference between leading and managing is is such a hot button with me but you need to demonstrate that you are a leader you need to demonstrate that you can set a good example and put a positive spin on it it doesn't have to be a total bummer that you're off on a work trip and you got to cut the night down at 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. You know what your boundaries are. You know what your, how much sleep you need and what you've got to be responsible for. You know if you have to go back to your room and prep your remarks for a presentation. You know if you have some emails you have to do because you got promoted to the manager position in the first place because you got shit done. You paid attention to the details and you made sure that you did what needed to get done. It's no different as a manager. It just means that you are not only doing it just for you, but you're doing it under the watch of other people who aspire to be like you. This leads me to delegating, something I have always had trouble with because I am a perfectionist and a control freak and I know that I'm going to do it the way I want it. And it's very difficult 
to let go of those reins and loosen up. And it has been a perpetual learning process for me as a leader, uh, working my way up, trying to understand that as you become more senior, you have more roles and responsibilities that you are expected to fulfill. And there are only 24 hours in a day and you do need some sleep. I worked on a project a long time ago, maybe 15 years ago. It was a big project. I was really excited about it. And there was a lot of science to go into it, which I didn't, you know, again, that's not my thing. So I, I, I knew that I needed to leverage my folks for the technical piece of it, but the pulling it all together and assembling the, the slide presentations and all of the paperwork and the timing and the presenting and all of that, those are things that I knew I was good at and I liked doing. But it was a massive project. We worked on it about six months. I don't know how many hours I put in in those six months. I will tell you that um, I had more comp time after that project than I could have ever used. I was exhausted and I just, I, I overdid it. I overdid it. I had a team of people that were there to help me and I didn't help them by giving them opportunities to shine. And I had a mentor at the time and, and uh, you know, he sat down with me and said, how are things going? You look exhausted. How's the project? How's everything going to come together? And I, you know, I was all excited about it. I, I, I wanted, of course, to him to know that I was doing a great job and I had control of everything and I knew exactly what was going on. And, and by the end of the meeting, he's like, you need to stop. You need to hand off some of this work because as a manager, you are spending all of your time making sure that everything is just so and you are robbing your team of the opportunity for them to shine. Do you not want the people below you to get promoted? And I thought about that and I thought, well, of course, I would never want to squash that for somebody else. That's, I, I'm not that kind of manager. And he rightly pointed out that when a manager has a team that succeeds and moves up, what's the saying? Rising tides lift all boats. If I am the type of manager who truly supports and recognizes the value in the effort that my staff is putting in, I would encourage them to take ownership of different points. I would give them the opportunity to really shine instead of hogging all of the efforts. And I got a little defensive. I, I probably even got a little snarky because I'm not that kind of manager. I am not robbing my employees of opportunity to shine. I don't want all of the glory for myself. That wasn't, that wasn't what I was doing in my mind. I, I, it had nothing to do with the glory and the accolades of being the only one that shined. My mindset was 
that I was the only one that could make sure that the final product was what it needed to be. And therefore, our whole team would benefit from my attention to detail and my expertise and leveraging the skills that I knew I enjoyed using. But it didn't occur to me that I had other people on the team that were good at these things and they could do that as well. And as the manager, I still get final say. I can delegate it out to team member one through five and have them each do the pieces that they're good at. But ultimately, it's going to come back to me and I can put the final touches on it. I argued that that would take me twice as long because I would have to redo it. I would have to fix it. I would have to make it better. I would have to make it mine. And it wasn't mine. It was ours. I was exhausted. And I remember going home that night thinking, how do I fix this now? I felt stupid because I was totally burnt out and didn't need to be. I felt arrogant because I had demonstrated to my team that I didn't want them to excel. And I was embarrassed that I didn't come to this realization on my own. I chose to call a meeting with my team the next day and own it. And it was one of the harder meetings, I think, pretty much in my career, I think, because it was one of the first times, and I say first because I I did other crazy stuff, but it was the first time I really had to eat crow as a boss, as a leader. I, I had to really stand up there and be vulnerable and say, look, I've been going about this the, the wrong way, and I am sorry. I should have handled it this way, and we still have some time left to get this done right, and I really need you to step up and help me and accept my apology. And I, it's funny because looking back now, they could have looked at me and been like, forget it. You blew it. You wanted to own it. You sort it out. But they didn't. There was one or two people that had a little bit of an attitude with me for a while, and I deserved it. I deserved it. I didn't like it, but I deserved it. Um, but the rest of the team, I think, I'd like to think that they understood that I wasn't doing it from a place where I wanted to rob them of the opportunity. I just wanted to make sure that it was right. And I have... Uh, a terrible fear of being seen as a slacker. I've always had a terrible fear of being seen as a slacker, no matter what my role. You know, I, I, I worked a lot of hourly jobs. As I mentioned, I didn't go to college until I was close to 30, and a lot of my jobs were hourly, and if you didn't come to work, you didn't get paid. And if you worked hard, you got more shifts, or you got extra time, and you got overtime. So I always had this mindset that uh, if you didn't give 150%, you, you weren't going to make enough money to pay the rent. So I, I was going to demonstrate that I was always going to go above and beyond. And I think that a big piece of why I was so dedicated to 
taking responsibility for so much of that project was because I didn't want anybody to perceive me as a slacker now that I was a manager. And I did know that I could do a really good job and get it done. And and in my mind, I thought that I could do it best. But I also didn't want anybody to think, well, Kelly's a new manager. She's sitting over there in her office, twiddling her thumbs, answering email and, and, you know, not putting in the effort now that she's a boss. And I was really afraid that that would, that would be how I was perceived. And instead, I got perceived as the greedy manager that wanted all the glory. And um, I was ashamed of that because I, I, I would never want that job. I, I, I would never want to be that manager. So delegating is really important. And as I mentioned at the beginning of that, it has continued to be something difficult for me because I do want to make sure that I am pulling my weight and I am a perfectionist and I want it to be just right. But I have learned that I can't do everything. I can't. It's just you have to ask for help. And as a manager, you have to ask for help. And you can take on lots and lots and lots of projects if you have people to help you with them. Because at some point, the quality suffers or you suffer. And if you want to keep your work at the level that dazzles, you're going to have to accept the help of your team and play to their strengths. And this goes back to listening to them and knowing your team, right? If you know that Jimmy is great at Excel spreadsheets and you need a really nice Mundo spreadsheet and you dabble in spreadsheets, but you're not quick at them, it's going to take you hours to put in all those fancy drop-down menus. And he can probably bang it out in a half an hour and have this really nice form for you. And then he gets to be proud of something he contributed and you just saved yourself a ton of time. It's a no-brainer. But I know this because I've been that person staying up till two o'clock in the morning trying to learn about those drop-down menus because I didn't want to delegate it. Don't make my mistakes. Learn from them and take charge. Take charge is the last the last thought I'll leave you with today. And really all of these tie into you taking charge. You demonstrating that you got to that position for a reason. And it's not by hogging all the work. It's not by acting like you know everything. It's not by disrespecting people that have been at the job for a while. Um, it's, it's not about that. It's about being a manager is like being a really good coach and, you know, non-sports lovers out there. I apologize for all the sports metaphors, but, um, you've got a team and all of your players have a different role, you know, take baseball. You've got all of the different positions, the different lineup for your batters. Everybody plays a different role. And as a manager, it's your job to know who plays each of those positions well, who can play backup should, for whatever reason, your your A player can't do the work, and who really struggles at those positions. Knowing how everybody works together, what roles 
maximize the output and really demonstrate the capabilities of your team, that's crucial to your team's success. Taking charge also means that when your team falls down, that's on you because you are the captain of the ship. So if there are issues or challenges, either interpersonal problems or work problems or deliverable problems, those are yours to own. And as the manager, you need to talk to your team and find out what's going on. Why are we not meeting our deadlines? Why are you two fighting? Why are you always late to work? What is going on? As the manager, you need to own those things because your boss is going to want to know what's going on in your team. So you are responsible. And that's one of the fun parts of being a manager. You've now taken on one, two, five, ten people, and you are responsible to a certain extent for their behaviors to which you can control. You know, if you're allowing them to come in at all time in the morning or leave early, work from home, whatever arrangements you have put in place for their day-to-day and the culture that you are building on your team will reflect on you. You need to make adjustments along the way. If your team is not performing at the level you think it should, or better yet, your leadership thinks it should, then you need to tweak your approach and talk to your staff and try to understand what areas need improvement and how you can adjust them. And again, go back to listening to your employees. If they're telling you that we don't work well first thing in the morning, then maybe let them do their email first thing in the morning and stop holding your team brainstorming meetings at nine o'clock on a Monday morning. That may not be your preferred way of working, but at the end of the day, your preferred form of working should be the success of your team because ultimately that is your success. And if you are forcing them to conform to what you think is the way things should be done, that may not work in your favor. So take charge. Take charge of your team. Take charge of your roles and responsibilities and take charge of your actions as a manager. You are on your way up. The things that you do and say and demonstrate as a manager will help you develop into your next step. You know, you're only a few rungs up the ladder now. You've got a ways to go if that's what you choose. You may choose that you just want to be a manager and that's okay. If that's the role that fulfills you and makes you happy and love your job, don't let anybody tell you you have to keep moving up. Stay where you are. But if you are becoming a manager as the first step of many steps up the ladder, take charge of it like you did as a regular employee. Take charge and demonstrate that you've got this and you can hone your leadership skills and gain the respect of your team and demonstrate that you have what it takes to continue to rise to your leadership. You're already on your way. They promoted you to manager. You've already caught somebody's eye and demonstrated that you've got what it takes. Now you just have to work hard at this level, continue to learn, continue to grow, and continue to demonstrate that you are leadership material. 
I believe in you. I think you can do it. Keep up the good work and keep listening to your team. They'll help you on your way to success. Have a great day. All right. So thanks for tuning in to Not Your Ordinary Girl. I hope you enjoyed it. Head on over to notyourordinarygirl.com and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Feel free to drop me a note with any topics you'd like to hear about or feedback, and please go ahead and recommend it to your friends. Until next time, remember to always stand up and be confident, stand by all that you do and say with integrity, and stand out, because after all, there's only one you.